Hello and welcome to the DPDL Talent Development Podcast brought to you by Double Pass. I'm your host Sarthak Dubey and this is a show where we talk about grassroots football picking the brains of some of the leading experts in the field of talent development. In today's episode I have with me someone who's got a distinguished career in Indian football both as a player and as a coach. As a player he's represented some of the leading clubs in Indian football all the way from Air India Churchill Brothers, East Bengal, Mohammedan Sporting and Mahindra United. Alongside that, he's also played for the national team. As a coach, he's one of the rare Indian coaches who got the opportunity to coach at the first team level in the Indian Super League. And this is not the best part about him. The best part is that he's a DPDL parent. I'm delighted to welcome Naushad Musa on today's episode. Firstly, welcome to the DPDL Talent Development Podcast, sir. We are really, really uh, happy to have you here. And one of one of the main reasons why we were so excited to record this podcast with you uh, is because of this this multi dynamic. Uh, you are the most multi dynamic stakeholder at DPDL, and I'll explain why. Because uh, you are one of those rare commodities that has played for uh, played for Indian football. uh you've you've represented uh, many clubs as a coach but for us most importantly you're a dpdl parent as well right and that's a very rare that's a very rare uh, combination that we see at dpdl so firstly we are very happy to have you on the show uh and uh, you know thank you thank you so much for your time yeah, it's an, it's an honor for me to be here <laughs> talking to you thank you sir so uh you know today's episode how we want to divide it is these three combinations that we spoke about you know your life as a player your life as a coach and your life as a parent right because these are the three audiences that even we have at dpdl mm-hmm. um you know players coaches and parents and everybody wants to listen in everyone wants um to know more about talent development from a leading expert uh, such as yourself right um so yeah that's how we'll divide today's podcast into three into three uh, portions so let's begin with your journey as a player right that's the first thing uh where did your career start you know where did your love for football first begin uh you know and what's your journey like as a player uh see as far as i remember you know from class to i was good in sports i was a good athlete uh maybe i was very skinny lanky so i i was going for 100 200 meters so somewhere i lacked the strength Okay. uh but i was uh, good at football so i remember my where i was staying it's baba atomic research center my dad was working there so we used to have a tournament there where those days we used to have this orkemels mafatlal tata so this were the leading clubs which would come there and play football and that tournament was something which i saw the players you know uh playing and that really attracted me so that's when i got uh, too much involved into the game and then what happened was there was a team called cosmos 
where the coach who made me a total not only a player but as a human also you know he helped me uh, be be a all round you know not not only a player but uh, how i behave how i talk to people you know that that really helped me those those initial years when but the only thing was when i went to him uh, i was just in second or third standard so i said i i want to train with your team and it was like say a bangalore fc team where a third standard kid goes and asks the coach i want to train with bangalore fc it was like that yeah so that's when he said you're too small now yeah but uh, i kept going there i kept every day his training i was there so somehow i was managed to convince him to train me so he just he just did saw my school timings and then he decided that you know he will take up a slot one hour he will train with me so in the beginning it was like he was highly impressed you know then he said uh, i would like to take more sessions with you and what he started doing was he made me train with the uh, senior team as well okay you know but it was not going and playing with them maybe sometimes stand on the goal they don't have a goalkeeper or something yeah so he found me brave enough <laughs> so then he started uh, most of the time he was with me then it was on in when i was in 10th standard you know 10th and then he started he made me play for a third division club so that's when i played my first first game that was icl that's called indian cultural league okay so it's managed by those uh, bengali association so since my coach was a bengali so that's when in 1986 i played my first game for a club yeah <laughs> i was in my 10th standard and i really did well and from there my journey began then when i was in my 12th standard that's when uh, i got into air india and then i used to play as a striker so you know i always tell the kids you know it's very important like uh, my son example my son yeah. he says i want to play midfield but but my coach he always makes me play right back he makes me play center back so i give him my example you know i i was a striker but somewhere i felt uh, i didn't have that uh, the killer instinct the killer instinct that knack that smell for the goal for the goal yeah, yeah being a striker because my 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 thing was i was more a team a team player who will run up and down yeah. you know so when that strength is needed there to score the goals i was i couldn't do it so the first year when i signed for india i was supposed to be i was not they were not ready to renew my contract so that's when what happened was towards the end of the season most of the players the senior players went home and then there was a tournament in durg uh, bilai Uh, so we had to go for the tournament and they didn't have a central defender so he said I'll, i i told him i'll play and that that tournament uh, changed my life for for the for the you know whatever i am today that tournament changed that's because from the striker i played as a defender i got three man of the match yeah. and then i he signed me for the next season and from there the state team the national team 
and in 94 in, in just 2 years time i was offered from all the clubs all the big clubs like east bengal mohan bagan churchill dempo yeah all all the top clubs wanted to sign me and i was i was not for it i mean to say like uh, you know all these clubs big clubs i'm just playing in air india with a stipend of some 1800 rupees okay. <laughs> and then this big offer comes in yeah so it was something like so from there from 94 it just started it just kicked off okay okay well i mean when i a lot of people so i mean uh, i was born the year you were probably playing for air india so okay. i was born in 93 i think that's the year you'll probably be playing for air india as well yeah right? 92 93. i started with air india yeah. so a lot of people in our generation don't even know these uh, these anecdotes yeah so i think it's it's amazing and i think legends of indian football such as yourself these stories need to be preserved as well so <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us um but speaking of of the of how football was back then before the i league the the nfl and of course these big clubs and through air india you found a way into into east bengal as well yeah. uh, through your performances uh football back then you know how how different do you see that or how difficult do you see that pathway i'm sure even back then even even then uh, although it's these main clubs like air india and east bengal and mohan bagan uh, and now you have the indian super league clubs but how difficult was that journey even back then because you will have competition it's not yeah, like you yeah. were the only player uh, from there there'll be so many more exactly. competing for the center back yeah um and that competition aspect still remains for players even today so what did you go through when you were uh, you know making your way through football back then see as i said uh, back then we didn't have academies there was only one tata football academy and to get there was the biggest challenge because you have say they will have a team of squad of 20 25 players and it's all over india Yeah. So it used to be very difficult. I I tried a lot to get into Tata Football Academy, but it never happened because uh, the scouts never came to Mumbai. But one of yeah. uh, Tosif, one Tosif Jamal was there. He was in TFA that time. Uh, and those days, no academies, no training as such. Because I used to train alone with my coach. He used to yeah. he used to just develop my skill. You know, he said this is this is these are the basics what you need for football. so he used to work alone alone with me he will be in his scooter and i'll be running behind him so that's how he developed my fitness okay you know there was no like right, right, now how we have very professional setup now you have dpdl they play they get so many games in a year yeah. i'm sure in those days if we had got all this i'm sure we would have been a better player yeah you know those i'll tell you uh, when i retired when i got into coaching i went to bilaspur first you know there i literally had to uh, get hold of the feet and i have to show them this is how you hit the ball yeah you know that's when i really got to know the basic of football yeah because i was just playing you know Correct. without was, without breaking down the technique or anything yeah, yeah. so once i got into coaching i really understood what football is you know how we have to do things yeah so that really helped and my initial 4 4 years in the coaching in this place like chatisgarh and madhya pradesh it really helped me be a better coach you know i'm sure okay. yeah and uh, speaking of your playing days sir um, air india obviously was your first opportunity where where you got that and uh, was that you, you signed for churchill brothers after that yeah right 
So, uh, how, who was it that spotted you? And I'm guessing this is the first big Goan club that has come for you. Uh, like you said, your stipend from stipend, you're going to a big contract now. Yeah. So, how did you deal with that experience as a player for the first time? <laughs> you know, that was that was really a funny funny thing. Uh, like I was in uh, Chennai playing a Santos Trophy. That day, I think that time it was Madras. Yeah. It was not Chennai. Yeah. So we are playing a Santos Trophy there, and we we didn't make it to the semi-final. And I remember I was literally crying inside that session because I, I was I was like that. I put all my hundred percent in the game, and if I'm not winning, I'm I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. So it was like that. And then what happens is uh, the team manager comes. He gives me a letter. Are you rore by letter padle? So. So that time uh, a new coach had come, Rustam Makramo. So he spotted me and he, he selected me for the national team. Okay. So I see the letter, I read the letter, again I start crying. <laughs> <laughs> but this time out of happiness. Out of happiness, yeah. yeah. You know, it was really emotional. And then the next day what happens is, I start, uh, and we were staying in the stadium. Those days, you know, now these, these days the players get five-star hotel and all. And we were staying in the stadium, inside the stadium. Yeah those dormitories yeah. and imagine we were staying there and we have internationals like Yusuf Ansari, Jacinto De Silva, Godfrey Pereira, all internationals staying yeah. at the stadium. Yeah. You know? So first Mohan Bagan came, they took me to the hotel, then East Bengal came, took me to the hotel, then all the clubs like that. So yeah. and just imagine I'm getting 1800 rupees. So one of the senior players in the state team, he tells me, no sir. Mm -hmm. Your worth is much, much more. Ask for 50,000. So, <laughs> I said, it's not even 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, from 1,800, he's expecting me to ask 50,000 rupees. So, I'm not able to do it. So, so Chachil Alimau, the owner, he calls up. So, I'm talking to him and I'm telling him like, okay, give me 15,000. Okay, no problem. <laughs> yeah. So I go back to the stadium and Godfrey is there and he is like, I'll kill you. <laughs> what what have you done? No, no, call up now and tell him, no, I want 50,000. So I called back and I said, sir, yeah, tell me, Musa, what happened? Sir, I want 25,000. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, okay, no problem. So even even that is, is less than, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So God, He's there beside me because those days we didn't have mobile, so it was yeah. from the local PCO. Okay. So he's there be standing beside me. <laughs> <laughs> Ask for 50,000. <laughs> so I said, okay, 35,000. So from the other side, Churchill is telling me, Musa, you want more? Tell me now. <laughs> and he said, come on, come on. I said, no, sir, 35,000. <laughs> So he said, are you sure? I'm asking you again. You want more? Tell me. He's asking, you want more? And I'm yeah. saying no. So I was so, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it was like that. And then I signed for, that's how it started. But uh, my bad luck was, uh, I played few matches for the team. And then I was back to Kolkata for the national team, where I was part of uh, the senior team, as well as the pre-Olympic, that is under 23. So I was I was most of the time with the pre-Olympic team. So we were having a friendly game, the senior team and 
the under 23 olympic team so because most of the players are for both the teams yeah so we are preparing for world cup qualifiers and the olympic qualifiers so that's when i injured my left knee uh, my acl was badly damaged and i missed the asian games i missed olympics i missed the world cup okay and then it was those days the operation also was not good so it used to take time 9 months for recovery and then yeah so it took me a whole year to get back into action and then the next season i played well and east bengal again offered me okay so and then again i got into the national team yeah and then played the nehru gold cup saf cup we won the saf cup and nehru cup we with the we lost in semi final in tie breakers yeah so Yeah. Yeah. It was not that, easy those days because yeah. these days if you see the players uh with injury also they get contract. But those days as I said uh it took me a year to okay get back to football. So okay. those days the club won't take that chance you know to give you that contract and also we we had to really work hard. And these days yeah. with the injury also they get contracts. Yeah. Yeah. so a lot of things have changed the way and we didn't have physios in our team those days. even the national team we didn't have physio. and now you'll have 3 to 4 physios physios doctors yeah even in the club even okay. even our small kids also have physios correct, correct. even at dpdl we see physios uh, exactly coming. so i think uh, like you said football has changed for sure from back then till what it is now but one thing that remains is how a player uh, overcomes adversity and i think that that moment of your time uh, of of your playing career where you mentioned that the injury was there you did not have a contract as well i think that for me is if i was in your position that is clear adversity you know where you're not you don't have money coming in and and but you love the of game course. so much of course uh, so that part of adversity remains in today's sport as well where it may not be re- contract related but of course injuries remain sitting on the bench is an adversity for players so as a player right what was your mental side if you can give us a bit of your inputs on how you overcame that because a lot of players today whatever kind of adversity they face i think they need to learn from um, incidents like these on how they can yeah. overcome it you see as i told you about my contract part you know <laughs> where i could have asked for more money and yeah. i i didn't do that you know i was i was very shy i uh, i wouldn't speak to you know like how i'm speaking to you now those days i would never do that you know it's it was only after the uh, when i got into the indian team and a lot of reporters and all started talking to me yeah. that's how i got open up yeah. you know from 95 then i went to churchill and then i started speaking i was not confident those days yeah. and then uh, as you as you said like you know the pressure like the contract now now each player every player they will have 3 to 4 years 5 years contract yeah. and those days we used to have only one year contract no no club will give you two years contract yeah so you won't believe we are playing first eleven we are in the national team but still but still we are worried for the next season whether we'll get the contract or not it used to because because if you see those days you know few players like few players used to be very careful towards the end of the season hmm. if you get injured you're not getting a contract okay. so those days those thing also was there you know we used to yeah. be careful towards the end of the season but i never did that yeah and then it was it was always it was always a problem like uh, because i already had an injury yeah so it was not easy for me you know yeah and then then the nature what i had you know uh, like 
like when I when I joined Air India. So there, what happened was those days, those days, you know, we used to have a lot of pressure from the senior team, senior players. Hmm. So I was guy who was always, you know, I'll just reserved. do my work, reserved. I will just do my work and I'll just move out. So to get out of it, you know, uh, Air India, I was getting a job. You know, they were giving me a very good job, uh, which I didn't accept. Uh, then bank, all the banks were offering me job, customs, they were asking me as an officer. But uh, my aim was something else and I wanted to play big clubs and play for the country. So that's when, that's when you know, just to get out of this uh, thing, like I'm not open up, I'm not opening up much, you know, I need to get out of this to handle the pressure. That's when I wanted to change the club. So when I went to Churchill Brothers and all, the pressure is totally different. Because there you have 25, 30 players who are equally good. Yeah. You know, And then you have to compete every day. Even the training session was, you have to give you 100%. Yeah. Because we had a foreign coach who was really good. He liked me a lot and you know, he helped me a lot in my, after my surgery also, he helped me a lot. So to get out of all this thing, I I said I don't want to, because those days most of the players used to take up job, yeah. because the contract was not uh, big enough like how you get now. Yeah. So the first thing was job security. My parents was really worried about it, like uh, why I'm not taking up a job. I said no, this is what I want to do, and I'm doing that only, because I was confident. Yes, I can do it. You know, this is what I always tell the kids also. You know, when you start believing in yourself your parents will start trusting you. In the beginning, my pa parents didn't permit me, they wanted me to take up a job. Yeah. But when they saw me uh, getting into the national team, getting big big, uh, big teams contract, yeah. then they stopped uh, worrying about me. But they were worried, what after football? Yes. But I had, I had made up my mind uh, when I was playing for Mahindra, uh, that time it was 98, 99, 98 I joined Mahindra. That's when I, I I wanted to get into coaching. Yeah. That's when my second operation happened. My yeah, and then I started uh, reading the coaches how they how they take the sessions. You know how they speak, what they speak, the mental aspects. Then we had this Harish Rao, uh, who was a team manager. Then he became the coach also. So he was a psychology student. So. He used to handle the players in a very different way. I was under Bimal Ghosh, he was handling the players in a different way. He was more aggressive, Harish Rao was more, you know, humble and he was very polite. Yeah. He used to have more fun in the sessions, so more team bonding. Yeah. So all these things I started reading the coaches then, you know, how they handle the players, how they handle uh, the sessions, how they handle the match pressure. Yeah. So while playing, I started doing because those days there was no license. Correct. All the all the coaches who were there were all ex-players. Only only Mr. Naimuddin and Gabriel Joseph they all they they had when they were playing days they had the license. Yeah. And they had done through AFF and they have done from uh, AFC Europe, or AFC or from Europe, Europe somewhere. Okay. They had done from Brazil and all. Okay. Because those days there was no license. Yeah. There was no license. Yeah. So that's how my journey began, you know. Okay. So uh, in 2004, when I joined Mohammedan Sporting, uh, so we had this coach uh, Biswajit Bhattacharya. So the, he was the guy 
who is to keep uh, he was very nice to me you know i was the most senior player me raman vijayan was there one ratan singh was there so he felt i can be a good coach so he started educating me you know then he he really uh, convinced me to retire from football he said because uh, mobran sporting was playing the second division that time and i was a the captain then and we we were the second division i league champion and i had scored some five six goals i was the highest scorer for a team so he said musa this is the right time for you to leave because you're you're living in a very high note yeah you know because you're in ili of course i know you will you will work hard you will come but somewhere you know you will suffer so that's when i took his suggestion because i used to respect him so i did that and now when we meet i always tell him you gave me the the, the best right advice yeah. the right advice the right time yeah and i am able to do something in life sure you know that's when we had been to one place in chakradharpur there i met one guy who wanted to do something in bilaspur yeah so that's how that's how your it, coaching journey started yeah, yeah right so so we were talking about your uh, transition from player to coach right that's that's where uh, this Uh, if you can tell us more about this transition you know uh, you spoke about chatisgarh and, and bilaspur that's where it started um, but w- what was the moment like how you had that one special moment as a player that changed everything uh, in your coaching career what was that one moment that that turned things around you know uh, in 2007 when i joined mumbai fc they hired me as under 18 coach the academy coach so the first season i saw the players and i told the told the management like you know uh, this team yes it's a good team because what happened was they in mumbai it's a super division then the elite division so where air india mahindra and all used to play so they were the super division champions and then i just told the management uh, like um, this team yes they will play good football but i don't guarantee you that you know they will be there or you know win many matches because those days team like central bank central railway air india mahindra ongc all are playing yeah. so it it will become difficult so they said don't worry about it you know and you just make players so you know when the club tells you that you know so we we will be coming to that later when we talk about the other coaches how to deal with the players and all yeah. so i was i was more encouraging to the players you know like just just go there play and enjoy you know and then what happened was towards the end of the season i went to office you know that's when uh, mukul choudhry who's the ceo of jamshedpur oh, fc now yeah. yeah so he was the ceo for mumbai fc so that's when he said like you know musa management is not happy and then we cannot you know increase your salary i am not come here for salary i would be stupid to give a bad result and uh, ask for my rise in salary or something so so he said but but still we need to go for result that's what i told you in the beginning you know you want result i'll give you result now so that's when my approach towards the team changes you know when there is pressure from the club how to handle the players it becomes different yeah. so i have under 18 players where i gave them more freedom i gave them you know but the freedom was there 
but the focus was more on winning yeah you know that was my first experience uh, how to get result you know yeah so which is important, which, which, is, so important. which is also which important what is, is about I exactly think. but you know that's when i understood because i was working in a school school kids and all yeah so the now a professional club and under 18 so what they are looking for is players to get graduated to the senior team yeah so my approach changed so the way i handled so that year uh, we we went for we went we won we were the super division champions yeah. then we were runners up for the i league under 18 i league and only with mumbai players it was not that you know i could get players from out and all yeah. so then under 15 we are we used to have this manchester united cup uh, they used to sponsor the yeah. league uh, a tournament so that's when uh, i i made a team for some a month and we were in the finals you know that's that's when i didn't have to say anything i i got two months bonus and then my salary double yeah you know and that's when i started getting offers more offers then i after that straight away i jumped into air india uh, they were doing bad and then i got some 11 games 9 or 10 games i got yeah. but when i see as a coach you learn every every time you are learning yeah. so that's that's when uh, i took the team and the team was uh, you see what happened is as a coach you you want you want your team to play the way you want them to play the fitness level yeah. so all those thing were missing so again a learning moment for me so when you are taking up a team how it should be yeah. you know so as same way last season when i got isl team so it was the same what i did with air india and now but here the the situation was different we were in bubble and all those stuff so they couldn't hire a new coach so it was me who had to take the challenge and again again a good good learning moment but but that time it was a small club air india but now you're dealing with a club like bangalore fc where you have top players like dimas sunil uh gurpreet eric hanan you know all top players udanta you know so then how to handle this players so this 10 games in isl really helped me grow as a coach now yeah so so we we were discussing this offline uh the other day as well where i think a coach needs to realize whether because coaching youth is different coaching kids is very different from coaching the seniors yeah. and i know you as a person you thrive in in the environment of the seniors and and you you say your own management style is yeah. slightly more uh, of of uh, more aggressive more aggressive i can say that yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, you know but now let's bring this back to dpdl right let's because here we have a lot of dpdl coaches who will be listening to this who yeah. will be taking your uh, words of of advice so when a dpdl coach who is working with under 8 under 10 starts believing that they are coaching a senior team in front of them you know that's that's the problem that that we as organizers also we mm-hmm. we can we can see it right where they are treating eight year olds as a senior player yeah 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 right so what is your you know how would you and dpdl season is a is a long season it's 22 games it's longer than the isl by the way exactly it's, yeah. it's yeah. 22 <laughs> games and then you this, you this go into the knockout stages finals and semi finals yeah so it's a long journey that these coaches have to be on and it's not just the players who are learning it's the coaches who are also learning over this period of 20 22 games yeah. so how would you 
tell these coaches to to deal with situations like this how what would your words of guidance be for them you know first i would like to relate these coaches with myself you know yeah because i was with pune fc 3 years and then 2016 i was doing my pro license and that's when what happened was i got the news that pune fc is shutting down yeah so that's when chirag tanna he offered me to join uh, reliance, reliance uh, young champs so i was bit reluctant i was not sure whether i should join because i said i'm doing my pro license and you asking me to take a under 13 team who are 11 12 years old and i'm not uh, so used to coaching this small kids yeah said so don't worry you, i know you can do it the way you are you are polite you are, you have lot of patience and all the stuff i said okay since there is no other job let me take it yeah. you know in the beginning it was very difficult for me you know <laughs> because uh, there we had this uh, head of youth was a dutch guy the technical director was a dutch guy so there the whole the way they approach the kit was totally different it is it is like you know they allow the kids to take decisions and i come from a background where the coach or the senior players will tell you what to do what not to do and here the kid is telling me i will do this i won't do this you know mm-hmm. so that was something i'm not used to and i was getting yeah. i was boiling from it <laughs> like a kid a kid just like the first first one week every saturday they will play a friendly games and all so this goalkeeper i didn't give him an opportunity so he just comes and tell me why you didn't play me and i was like so our goalkeeper coach was there a jignesh so uh, he he handled the situation then he made him understand don't worry you know it was a tough opponent so coach felt you know then he made me understand how to deal with this kids yeah, yeah. so same way uh, but but somewhere i felt i am not meant for this yeah you know so as as you say as we see these coaches screaming from the touch line you know so somewhere you need to have that uh, thing inside you what is your strong point what is your weak point or what type of coach you are correct that's very important for you to analyze yourself yeah. that's when i really thought about it you know and i felt no i am not meant for this you know i am better with uh, adults who were me being more aggressive on the pitch outside the pitch i am totally a different person i am very humble i am very quiet of course yeah but on the pitch i am totally different personality you know i am very aggressive with the players so even the even the players know about it yeah so these coaches they should understand when they are dealing with this small kids you know uh, what i learned what i learned in uh, reliance one year uh, it's it's like allowing the kids to take decision yeah. here what is what i am seeing is these coaches are making a mistake of telling the kids what to do correct yeah like example like a kid takes a shot and the coach is shouting why you took a shot why don't you pass so what happens is for the kid it becomes he start thinking taking shots is a crime i yeah. should not take shots i should yeah. only pass yeah so the way you approach the kid yeah. it's it has to change you know yeah. it can be it can be encouraging okay a beautiful shot but do, don't you think we could have done what more we could do Correct. you know maybe you can pass or you can travel with the ball so it's very important we start educating these coaches uh, yeah uh, the communication yeah you know when they are doing the license 
I'm sure you also did your license. So yeah. you have the topic of communication, problem solving, you know. So it's very important what kind of communication you are giving to the kids. So your approach to, towards the kid, what, what kind of instruction you are giving. It, it, it should not be negative. Yeah. You know, like, oh, as I gave you an example, why you took that shot, you know. So that's, that's not the right kind of communication. Or what else could you have done better there? Or how, what, exactly. what other decision you could have taken yeah. there? Yeah. But, but that should happen in a, in the training session. In a match, you cannot ask that kid <laughs> or you cannot. Correct, correct. Just encourage him. Just, yeah, just encourage him. Yeah. A lovely shot, you know, it was beautiful. Yeah. Because otherwise the kids, uh, they will stop enjoying. As, as we know, we want the kids to come to enjoy. Correct. If they, the day they stop enjoying, they stop playing football. Yeah. So, the, yeah. like uh, how we play on the streets. I read a lot of uh, Johan Cruyff, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, from his playing days. If you, if you, read, if you read about him, he always says, you know, uh, when we were kids, we used to play in the streets. There was no rules. We'll keep chappals as a goalpost. Yeah. And there were no, we used to enjoy. We used to enjoy the way we play. There was no rules. We'll just play the way we want. We make our own rules. So if if these coaches start doing that, you know, yeah. but I again understand there is pressure from, we'll come to that also, the parents. <laughs> so yeah. actually what I see is uh, as parents, it's not, the coach has pressure not only from the parents, it's more from the management also. Okay. You know, like yeah. if I'm running an academy, if my academy is not doing well, I don't run, I don't get more business or yes. more kids are coming in. Now, I'm sure most of the kids would like to go to join BASA or Sportsuit or Bangalore FC, yeah. you know, looking for those opportunities. But we need to, we, we need to start educating these coaches, you know, yeah. like uh, we can do something, we can have some sessions with these coaches and even with parents, you know, how to deal with the kids, all those stuff. Yeah. So. As I said, these coaches should understand what kind of coach they are. If you think you are aggressive, don't coach under 8, under 10. Correct. Yeah? Correct. But again, you know, I am not the right person to say that, that don't coach. You know, yeah. we need good coaches, we need yes. good coaches. But through this platform, I would like to tell them, you know, let's handle them more uh, in a nicer way, better way. Uh, the most important part is the communication. Yeah. What kind of communication you are giving? Let it be more positive, not negative. Yeah. You know, the negative things happens in the senior team and all, where they can handle pressure and they learn to handle pressure. Yeah. So if you see in under 18, I, I coach the kids, I, I train them to handle pressure. Correct. Because it's, it's needed at that age. Yeah. In the at beginning, age of, yeah. Yeah. In the, beginning uh, the kids used to hate me, but when they started getting opportunities to go and train with the senior team, so then they started realizing what coach is saying is right. And yeah. then they come and talk to the other boys. You know, sure. you should listen to coach. You know, the way the pressure is there in the senior team is much more than what the coach gives. Yeah. You know, it's not only it's not only from the senior players, it's mental pressure. Correct. So it's very important for all these coaches to understand all this. Correct. So one one point that I took out of this um, is the decision-making aspect, and this is what I am seeing uh, in the league as well, right? Um, the coaches today are making the decisions for the players. Whether it's every single pass, every single shot that's taken, uh, pressing, when to press, when not to press, the coaches are telling the players what to do. Yeah. Now, 
from from whatever i have studied about football whatever i have from my experience right this much i have i have understood that the players who have the ability to to become world class or to to go on are the ones who are able to think for themselves the ones who make their own decisions on the pitch it may be a wrong decision also that's fine but that should be dealt with after the game in the analysis room to to correct but if you are not even allowed to make that decision uh, on in the first place right and the coach is making that for you then you'll probably never be a, a thinking player you'll never be someone who's using your brain on the pitch so um, you know how can we i think this obviously this is a, a message that needs to go out to the coaches as well that that even if you want to give a point it i think it should be during the half time break as well it is needed in the half time break you you should uh, uh, you know bring across your tactical points but during the game i think it has to be about encouragement it has to be about allowing the players to make their own decisions maybe giving uh, so so when i was in liverpool one of our uh, and i was coaching the university team over there what our head coach used to do is the uh, he used to have leaders within the team so you have a, a leader who's in charge of the midfield if if it's a 442 usually in england that, that they play even at the university they have level leaders in all positions in all positions and they are the ones who are kind of telling others what to do and and that also drives teamwork and at the same time it it lets them make their decisions as a team uh, and of course the coach is there to guide them and speak to them at the end of so i mean yeah these are just some inputs that uh, that we can use at dpd as you as you rightly said you know uh, the decision making and all so how will that come uh, giving instruction during a match or the best way is to have your design your sessions in such a way that your training session it should not be more in isolation it should yep. be game related yeah. where the kids start taking their decision the decision making improves yeah. so your sessions uh, should be in such a way because I, i i remember when i was made the head of youth so i used to sit with these coaches every time you know and i used to see this uh, session if it's a passing drill you'll find two players standing opposite each other just pass 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 yeah. so in a game it never happens like that Correct. it's always against an opposition yes so it's very important you have any session it can be passing it can be shooting let it let it be like a game situation where the kids have to start making decision yeah. they have to take decisions so that's what we do at bfc now you know it's very important it it's yeah. really important yeah so the coaches has to understand what if you want to do passing session uh, let it be more uh, like a game correct you know in in our coaching license also these days they say Yep. you know let your sessions be more game related yeah absolutely so it would be nice if this coach start doing this and the match while we keep saying our sessions have to be game related the the games that you play is a game itself you know and even yeah. there if you're not being allowed to take a decision i think that's where exactly exactly uh, you know so that's what that's what again uh, you know what i learned in reliance when you having a game say we play a match on saturday so i think this message will be very good for these coaches so say you are playing bfc on saturday or sunday yeah yeah so you have the whole week yeah so you design your session in such a way that you are playing against bfc so what we used to do was say we are playing a game on saturday so it was always we used to take opponents if it's under 15 team we'll take under 18 team yeah. as a opponent so that we we are not worried about losing but we have some coaching points say like today we are looking only for uh, ball possession yeah 
you know yeah. so just related to that we'll just give them two to three instruction that's it yeah and we are looking only for that so in that particular match the kids have to do only three things so there's not much pressure on them yeah you know Correct. and then as you said not to keep shouting you know yeah. just keep reminding them what they have to do yeah just those three points and they are there oh yeah yeah we have to do this we have to do this that's enough Correct. so you have a one you have one week time Yeah. So prepare them for that, so that you know you're not screaming, you're not shouting in the place. Yeah, that's the time to prepare rather than on on match day. Exactly. Absolutely. Speaking of the, uh, we were talking about decision making, right? So today I I feel very bad for for the kids who are playing at DPDL because one decision making is coming from the coach, one it's coming from themselves, and the third decision making is actually the most important one that we see, which is coming from the parents, <laughs> parents. on the touchline. Yeah. So. um and this you were there last night in fact you were there and and you you witnessed games in fact you've been coming since 2019 the very first season right um uh, the importance i cannot stress this enough uh, the importance of parents in the role of talent development right it's it's immense uh the kids are 70 80% of the times with their parents they're growing up at home they are around them they're learning uh by watching them you know they're growing up around them the parents have the biggest role actually i feel in in talent development yeah yeah right so i think it is important for us and we have a lot of parents who listen in um and you having that combination of being a coach and having to wear the the hat of a parent on the day let's say zidane is playing a match yeah, yeah. but you cannot coach because of course there's other coaches on the touchline so as a parent how do you approach uh, because Uh, it's important for other parents also to learn and and understand the impact that that can have on player development yeah. their behavior uh see uh, first of all it's very important we during my playing days uh, i used to see cricket where the parents would come with the holding the bags and all used to i used to see lot of parents but for football you will not find you know because football was nothing big those days yeah. but now football the way it's growing the amount of parents i see for the games it's really nice yeah. you know and then uh how how the football will improve is through this only yeah uh the parents getting involved you know people getting involved yeah that's that's how the football is going to develop because just the kids playing football and the parents knowing nothing about football it won't help Yeah. So they have to come. They have to learn. Of course, it's nice. They are screaming. They are, you know. So just a request to the parents: it's good to cheer, but don't throw instructions because there the kids are getting confused. Yeah. No. So me as a parent, me as a parent, like uh, the other day they were playing against uh, one team where Zidane got a hit on his nose and he was bleeding. Okay. So. outside my wife said go and see what happened mela why the coaches are there you know yeah because <clears throat> it's not good on my part to go and interfere yeah you know so yesterday also after the game he was uh, vomiting so again she was tense and like go and see i said no the coaches are there they will take care yeah. you know they know they know how to handle the situation and for as far as i am concerned <clears throat> i i never uh, give him much uh, instruction about the way team is playing i will always tell him 
where he can improve. I, I don't tell him how to play because his coach has given some instruction. Yeah. This is how the team should play. Yeah. So for me to give those instruction is not good. Yeah. So what I do is like, like he got a hit on his nose. So I give him example of Cristiano Ronaldo, where he had a cart, he got some seven stitches. With that blood, he was still playing. And you just got a small hit on your nose and you just came out. <laughs> so these are small things where we can, you know, uh, educate the kids, you know, yeah. because wife is worried outside. No, why you're forcing him to play? No, he, if he, if, because I remember my coach telling me, till you feel you're not going to die, don't get out of the pitch. <laughs> you nice. know, yeah. that was the instruction. So, so I, I told him the same thing. The same, what my coach told me, I told him the same thing. My wife said, what you're speaking? Don't worry, you know. Yeah. Because the kids have to be brave, you know, because he wants to be a professional player. He dreams to be a professional player. And if you want to be a professional player, you have to be strong from here, yeah. not here. It has to be here. If you are strong here, yeah. you can you can cross any hurdles. You can come out of any situations. Yeah. So me as a parent, uh, when I watch the game, I don't know. Uh, I'm, a, I'm doing both. I'm there as a coach also, I'm there as a parent also. So most of the time I'm looking at the opponent the kids, yeah. uh, the players, you know, I'm trying to see what quality we have. Because uh, at BFC I have told the club like, you know, in, in five years, five years to ten years time, I want to see most of the players coming from Bangalore. Bangalore yeah. What would your words of guidance be for those parents who don't know about the technical side of the game? They've not played the game, but they see talent in their kids. They see that the kids can become something and they are loving the sport. Uh, you know, what would your advice be to such parents who come week in, week out? Yeah, it's it's really nice when they come out there in numbers. It's really nice. It's really nice to see so many people coming for the to watch these kids, and it's always an encouragement for the kids. But somewhere, the kids go down when the, they get confused when they are playing. They need to understand something. There is some instruction going through the coaches. Yeah. And then the parents also start giving the instruction. I have seen many, many academies, parents, they start throwing instructions. You know, that's when the kids get confused. They listen to the parents and or listen to the coach. So as, as a parent, let's be more responsible, you know. Uh, let, them, let them enjoy the game. Let them make their own decision. Let them make mistakes. Yeah. Unless they don't make mistakes, they don't learn. Yeah. So, as I said, everybody likes to win. So, let's not worry about only winning, winning, winning. Let's let's worry about how my kid is playing. You know, uh, what kind of decisions he is making on the pitch. Yeah. Again, again, it's very important. We start educating the parents at Bangalore FC. We do that. You know, if you see when Bangalore FC is playing, you won't find the parents screaming. Or of course, they will be cheering. When, when they score a goal. And cheering cheering is good, by the way. If if people are of listening, course, like, cheering, cheering is good. It's very important. It's yeah. very important for the kids to feel that vibe, you know. Yeah. So that's that's very important. But let's restrict ourselves from throwing instructions. Yeah. You know, that, that really disturbs the kids. Yeah. They, they are not able to make that. Let them make mistake. Let them make mistake. That's how they will learn. Yeah. You know, if you see my son till last season, I, I never liked him. You know, he was not good. But now when he's he's playing now, I, I feel so nice to see he making decisions. Yeah. 
you know last till last season he was not getting many opportunities to play but he will get 5 minutes or 6 minutes and i used to always tell him think about it why you are not getting those opportunities yeah yeah i yeah so i i'll be questioning him you know trying to understand yeah of course the other parents were not into football cannot speak into the technical yes. way but it helps me to guide my son you know but again it's it's very important you can help the kids in some other way you know like you can ask questions to the kid they yeah. know a lot of things yeah. because these days kids are so smart you won't believe i i don't know much about the players in uh, premier league or spanish league but my son knows everything from the coach to manager yeah. every everyone correct so the kids are smart so instead of instead of we giving them how to play what to do it's better ask you them. ask them yeah let them come out with their ideas yeah. there's they come out with lot of solutions yeah you know absolutely so that way we can giving ownership to the kids also from exactly the exactly yeah. that would be the best way since if you don't know the game don't coach the kids absolutely. you know don't give yeah. them wrong advice yeah. at least yeah through your experience through your experience in your life yeah. you can relate to your kid and yeah. you can help the kid grow yes absolutely and another important point sir um when like and this came because you you mentioned that okay last year your son was not uh, you, you felt he was not good but now this year he is i think a lot of parents should realize this that just because uh, the kid is playing amazing right now and he's 8 or 9 years old he he or she is 8 or 9 years old it doesn't mean at the age of 13 14 15 they will still remain the same of course th- there's going to be changes in the body there's going to be other complex uh, changes in the environment that will influence the the child as well and the other way around as well if a child today is not playing good doesn't mean that he is he or she is not meant for football in 5 years time this kid may show some some signs of progress something like the gareth bale story if you know how gareth bale was uh, in, in the academy and then how he turned out for tottenham in the first team um So yeah I think this is also a point that parents should understand that just whatever happens whether your your child is playing well or not playing well it's about supporting them and just being with them no matter what Exactly we always we always tell the parents there are parents who are worried my son is not playing well he is not getting opportunities should I stop his football Yeah that's that's not the solution Correct you know and again there are early bloomers there are late bloomers Yes So allow allow them to follow the dream you know uh, this is again what i learned in reliance you know there they ask the kids like uh, they have this uh, short term uh, goals, goals and, and long term goals. goals so in this long term goals they want to play manchester united real madrid and all so if you if you just speak to some guy out there like pagal hai kya you know manchester khelega yeah so that's where i learned that's his dream don't take away that Correct. dream from that kid Correct. so he says he wants to play manchester united okay now i ask him how is that going to happen yeah what is your pathway how you will reach there yeah so when you teach that kid when the kid starts speaking this is what i'll do this is what this is my pathway first i will do here you know that's how it is where you know my son always speaks about being the indian team captain i never tell him don't be stupid that's his dream yeah you know you don't know you don't know Absolutely. future i don't know he don't know 
Yeah. But that's his dream and he has to work towards it. And we as parents, we have to help them. Yeah. It's very important. So, yeah. uh, let's not kill the dream. True. That's that's very important. True. With that, uh, Naushad sir, uh, firstly, we want to thank you for your time, for allowing us to, uh, you know, allowing us, uh, our crew to come to your house and, and change your furniture left, right, center for this. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I think a lot of insightful points that you've given us today, which will not just be helpful for players and coaches, but for parents as well, which is which is the ecosystem that we at DPDL are targeting. You know, it is player development can only happen when all three are working together, the player, the coach and the parent. Right. So uh, thank you so much for your time. And any anything uh, you'd like to say in, in closing uh, that you feel we may have missed out? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Just, you know, uh, see what DPDL is doing. It's not only DPL, DPDL, you know, like association has to come in. Bangalore FC, because of pandemic, we are not having tournaments. The more they play matches, the more they are going to improve. Yeah. So, so for all this, it's the, as you said, all three has to work together, the coaches, the organizers, the parents. So it's, and the parents play a very important role in helping, you know. Now, if you see DPDL, parents are very supportive. You know, yes, they are different when the match is going on, but I'm sure they are really supporting a lot. So yes. that, that also helps. So we keep supporting, you know, we keep supporting and we see that, you know, this, this program continues. Yeah. Yeah. And our kids are benefited from this. The generations to come. Yeah. This is the best best platform because as I said, if I had got this so many games, I would have been a better player. Probably in Manchester United. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but those days we never dreamt of uh, Manchester and all. Yeah. We dreamt of East Bengal, Mohan Bagan. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That was our dream. And to play for the country. Absolutely. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. Thank for you. Time. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening in. So much to learn and so much to absorb from that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Catch us again on the DPDL Talent Development Podcast as we bring to you another episode with a leading expert. Until then, we'd love to hear from you. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or shoot us an email at developmentleague at the rate doublepass.com.